يا علي مدد الوائز راي ابو علي مشنري وائز نمبر 455 پارٹ نمبر 2 یالی مدد ام ریڈی سبھی بار ان دی پاٹو یا ایوہ اللہ منو اچھے اللہ اچھے رسول باہو نے نمر نمکم او بی دی برس او بی اللہ دی پروفیٹ and the authority amongst you that is Imam, obey. <coughs> now in this ayah, it's a part of one ayah, it's not the complete ayah. The other part of this ayah is if you have any, any dispute amongst you, so you go to the Imam and he will guide you, that is the thing. Now, the significance of this ayah, Allah, Rasul, and Imam, they are in all one line. Obedience of Allah is through Prophet Muhammad. And the obedience of Allah and Prophet is through uh, Imam. If you obey Imam, this is equal to the obedience to Prophet and Allah. Now many Muslims, particularly the Sunni brothers, <coughs> these people who interpret this ayah, they wouldn't say Imam. They think the king or the Khalifa or the ruler. And uh, the argument of Shiad is, so if Yazid and Muawiyah who were tyrants, are they standing for the authority of that nature? They have no answer. Because Muhammad can stand next to God. He is his prophet. So there must be another person who can stand next to Muhammad and he is qualified for that position and that is only Imam. Therefore, Nabi Akarim said, I'm leaving this world and leaving behind two very important heavy things. The Arabic word is Saklan. Sakal means heavy. Saklan is two things are heavy. Heavy means in importance and in significance. One is the Quran and the other my Itrat. And Itrat is the line of progeny from Fatima. And he said that my Itrat will be from Hussein, not Hassan. And our Imams are Fatimi. So it is very important to understand the obedience to Mullah, the other Imam, Imam of the time. Mullah Nazar Imam, like other Imams, he also said, 
one day I will be no more with you. But the noor of Imamat will always be remembered there. Yeah. It will remain forever. And this is coming down from the promise of God that He made His covenant, everlasting covenant. He told Abraham after sacrifice of Ismail that we have gone through successfully. Now I make you the Imam of the mankind. In the appointed you as the Imam of mankind. <coughs> and this promise is everlasting. So if Hazrat Ibrahim asked that all my progeny, God said no. Only for those who are obedient. And this my ahead, my promise is not for those who are unjust. So this line of Imamat, perpetual line of Imamat, everlasting promise of God, is coming down from Hazrat Ismail salam up to Hazrat Imam and inshallah it will last forever. Once I was addressing in a mosque, and uh, it was in uh, Nakuru, about 100 miles from Nairobi, Sunni mosque, they invited me to speak in mosque, and I spoke. I said, if there is a person, he announces a lie, there may be some people who believe in it. But after some time, people come to know that he was lying. Lie cannot last long. It's going to come out that it was a lie. I told them that our Imams are telling right from Ali that this line of Imamat will last forever. Perpetual Imamat is there. And we are the true Imams. We are from the descendants of Imam, yeah, I mean, Adhat Ali and uh, Nabi. If our Imams, Astaghfirullah, they were liars, if they spoke a lie, do you think the lie has gone 1400 years? It's not possible. After Prophet Muhammad, up to last century, say in 1400 years, 32 persons, they stood up and they announced that I'm a Nabi, I'm a prophet. 32 persons. All destroyed. All were wiped out. Even their Al-Aulad wiped out. Because life cannot stand forever. So therefore, Allah's obedience is very important and it is through Muhammad and Imam. And Imam is also spoken as Nur. Kitabum wa Nurum wa Kitabum Mubin. Nurum wa Kitabum Mubin. Nur and Kitab. Because Nur and Kitab, there is a word in between that is Wah. In Arabic, law means and. So there are two things, the nur and kitab. Okay, we see the kitab is there. Where is the nur? No reply. But we know that 
لنور امامت نور وكل شيئين احسنه في امام مبين I will speak later on about the pronunciation of the Quranic words. I know Arabic is not our language, and particularly those people who speak either Kachi or Gujarati, it is very difficult to twist the tongue according to the pronunciation of Arabic. Hey, Khuda, not Khuda. Khalik, not Khalik. Zal Jalal Wal Ikram, not Zal Jalal. There are so many mistakes that we people are making in Jamaat Khan, in Dua. Anyway, Bakullah Shaheen and Allah says, Kullah Shaheen, everything without exception. Shay means a thing. Material? or non-material. What is non-material? Word, speech. It is non-material. وَكُلَّ شَيْنْ أَسْوَيْنَهُ فِي إِمَامٍ مُبِينٍ And everything has been encircled, seized, in the Imam of the time. Now, Arabic word is hisar. Hisar means to encircle something. This is the hisar. If you cover something all around, it cannot escape. That is known as hisar. Aswena. It has been controlled, covered, encircled. In Imam. It means that Hazar Imam has the knowledge of everything, whether material or whether non-material, whether it is spiritual or temporal. He has the knowledge of everything. And this is very important, because unless he knows everything, he cannot guide us. A guide must be knowledgeable of the things that he is going to guide. So Imam must be knowledgeable. And he is. Allah has certified it. That Imam of the time has the knowledge of everything. Now this everything covers past, present and future. This everything covers open and hidden. This everything means everything material and spiritual. This is the hikmah, wisdom, that God has given to Muhammad and the Imams. Allah, Allah is Noor, pure light. He has no body, no form, no physique, no rank, no color. We cannot compare him with anything. Because he is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely unique. Announce, declare, Allahu Ahad. God is, Ahad means alone, not one. 
Because if we say God is one, then there must be second one somewhere. He is alone. There is the telling other God. Lam Yalit or Lam Yulat. He hasn't been given birth by anyone, nor he gives birth to anyone. Because birth is physical thing. And it is not attributed to God. It's pure, pure light, pure nur. And he is a samad. Samad means who needs nothing. We are hungry, we need food. We are tired, we want rest. We are thirsty, we need water. He doesn't need anything because he has no physical body. He is needless. Beyond need. وَلَمْ يَكُمْ لَهُ كَفُنْ لَهُ He is alone because nothing is like him. He is only alone. So therefore, we cannot attribute that quality physically to Hazrat Imam. Hazrat Imam has got a body. This body was born. Now Hazrat Imam is over 60 years. 65 he will be in December. He will one day leave this body. Another Imam will come. And all our Imams have gone like that. <coughs> Imam never dies. Imam never, never falls sick. He is never hungry. He doesn't sleep. But when I say these qualities, these attributes, it is to the nur of Imam. Physical body is like dress. A man uses a dress, then discard it. He gets a new dress. The nur of Imamat is perpetual. Nur of Imamat is a nur of Ali. Nur of Ali is Nur of Allah. The Nur of Imamat is Allah's Nur. Hazrat Imam is the holder of the Nur. And we are only looking, playing and aiming for that Nur. Hazrat Imam's physical body is like a garment or a container. We need his body because we are not able to listen from that Nur. We have no qualification for that. Therefore, we need his body to guide us because we need it. We are so insignificant, we are so low that if he is speaking through his nur directly, we can't hear, we can't understand, we cannot because we are insignificant material people. So therefore, his body is necessary for us and we adore, we like. We love the body also because it is the conduit between ourselves, I mean Jamaat and the Imam. But when I say Imam, it is not the body. Imam is Nur of God. And there is nothing like him. He has knowledge of everything. He has power of everything. Power over everything. Authority. Allahumma 
houses, all kinds, belong to him. So here, materially, temporally, house of God is a mosque, Yamatkhana. But there is something, another thing. House of peace, your heart, your insight, when you pray to God, when you remember Him, when you love Him, when you worship Him, it is in your heart. He lives there. <coughs> Nabi Akarim says, Kalbul Mu'mineen ul Arsh. The heart of moments is Arsh. Arsh means where God sits, the throne. Our heart, which heart remembers Him, is the house of God, and that is house of peace. A tranquil, a peaceful, a satisfied soul in the house of God. House of peace. Enter us into house of peace. It means we are praying, O God, you are peace. Peace come from you. Make my heart peaceful and enter me there. That is the gist of it. In our Pishamas Ginan, he says, Sadhguru Kahede, Dilma Deval Puji, a mandir, a temple is your heart. There you pray. And it is very easy to understand that a heart of a moment is the house of Lord. وَدَخِلْنَا دَارِ السَّلَامِ تَوَارَقْتَ رَبَّنَا Beautiful thing. تَوَارَقْتَ رَبَّنَا Mubarak. The lafz Mubarak is not easily translated. I think cannot be translated into English. The word Mubarak has turned into Barakat. Tabarak Tarabbana. You are blessed or blessing is coming from you. That means Master, the Lord of Blessings, Mubarak is you. Tabarak Tarabbana, our Lord. Wata'a'aleta, ya zal jalal wal ikra. He is majestic. Zal Jalal, the authority of majesty, glory of majesty, power of majesty, light of majesty, is the Lord, is Sultanul Azim, is the emperor of all creation, and you are Barkatwala, blessed, blessing comes from you, the originator of blessing. The master of blessing. Blessing himself. Tabarakta Rabbana. Bless us, O our Lord. Wata'aleta. And we worship you. Wata'aleta. Ya Zal Jalal Wal Ikram. O majestic God of glory and authority. Power. You know, our this 
particular passage was in our old dua. And it was the habit of Prophet Muhammad to recite this particular passage after every prayer which Imam Sultan Muhammad Shah has entered in our dua. Because uh, Pisadardin also originally entered this funny party. <coughs> in the original dua that Pisadardin made nearly 600 years ago. Allahumma, ya maulana anta salam, wa minka salam, wa alayka yarja'u salam, hayyina rabbana bis-salam, wa adakhilna dar-salam, tabarakta rabbana, wa ta'alita ya zal-jalal wal-ikram. Allahumma ya maulana minka mudadi. O our Malik, O our Lord, my help comes from you. My reliance is you. Upon you I rely. There is no one except you. Tujvina koyavar nadise. Ginans have the interpretation of Quran in one way or the other. This is the whole message of Quran. Ginans are full of that. Although, there are Sanskrit words, there are Hindi words, there are Gujarati words. Twenty-four languages have been used in Ginan. So, Allahumma ya maulana minka madadi wa alayka muatmadi. Iyaka na'abudu. We only pray for you, we only worship you. Wa iyaka nasta'in. And we depend on you, we want help from you only. Ya Ali. It's a Persian word, Bilutz, Arabic, but Persian. Lutz means because of your soft mindedness, because of your nature of bakshish giving. Yani, Bilutzfika Adrikani. Because of your soft nature and your soft kind gesture towards us. Help me. Azrikani. Help me. Give me bakshish. Give me a gift. Without my qualification. It's a kind of begging. Iyaka nabdu wa iyaka nasta'in ya ali bin lutfika adrikani ya ali bin lutfika adrikani. And again, when you pray, you use this word. Help me from your kindness. Allahumma ya maulana minka madadi wa alayka muatmadi ya kama abudu wa ya kama stayin ya ajib lutfika adrikani la ilaha illa Allah muhammadan rasulullah. Never say rasulillah. It's wrong. Rasul from Allah for us. But when we say Rasulullah, it means Rasul for him. No. Either say Rasulullah or say Rasulullah. Muhammad Rasulullah. And then we remember our Mulamutza Ali Ali. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah Aliun 
Amirul Mu'mineen Ali Ullah. Use Ali twice. Aliyun, Amirul Mu'mineen Ali Ullah. And then we make prostration in the name of our Lord, Allahumma, Allah Kasunjuri, Vata Aati Mulana Hazar Imam's name must be there. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الرسول أي prophet أو prophet بلغ ما أنزل إليك من ربك convey the message from your Lord بلغ ما غين is from throat deep throat بلغ don't say girl, balig, no. Balig ma unrila, which is revealed from your Rabb. Wa in lam tafal, and if you, I mean, don't make any default, if you hesitate, tafal means hesitation. If you don't do it, you have not done your duty of Risalat. It's a kind of scolding. Rasul Akram, when he received this ayah at Ghadir Khum on 18th of Zil Hijjah, the place between Makkah and Medina, actually he was reclining. He was half asleep. And when this ayat came immediately, because it's a kind of harsh word. If you have not done that, you haven't done any duty at all. Twenty-three years duty was wiped out if you don't do that. <coughs> he stood up in haste. He called Bilal, announced that there is a message from God, and sent people who have already gone, sent them people to bring them back. So people on horse, they went here and this side. All people who had gone far away, they were brought back. Historians have written 120 or some say 120, some say 120, 800 say 130 up to 140. But let us take the least figure, 120,000 people, men and women, they gathered. A small platform was erected hastily and he stood over that. 120,000 that Muslims are sitting on the ground. And he said that God has revealed this. And the message, if I don't do that, my 23 years prophethood will be wiped out. And if you don't convey, you have not done the duty of your prophethood. The whole 23 years, one fight. And this one ayah, I'm sorry. What was that so important? And that was the thing. Allah says, don't be afraid. Don't get afraid. Allah will help you. Allah will protect you. Ya ayyuhar rasulu valeghma. أُنزِلَ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَإِنْ لَمْ تَفْعَلْ فَمَا بَلَّقْتَ رِسَالَتَهَ وَاللَّهُ 
आपसे मुकरमी वेरी री वल्लाह इज कसम इस इससे प्लेज वल्लाह से मुका विदाउट डाउट गॉड विल हेल्प यू डोंट गेट अट एंड इट वॉज कंसर्निंग अलीज इमामत डिक्लेशन ऑफ अलीज इमामत एंड ही वॉज हेजिटेटिंग दिस आयत हैज ऑलरेडी ऑलरेडी बिफोर दैट टाइम हैज बिन रिवील्ड बट ही कैप्ट इट सीक्रेट ही डिड नॉट से एनीथिंग ही वॉज अफ्रेड हेजिटेटिंग बिकॉज पीपल विल से कजिन एंड ही इज सन इन लॉ सो ही इज गोइंग टू बेक ए सक्सेसर फ्रॉम हिज ऑन फैमिली एंड इट वॉज अगेंस्ट द नेचर ऑफ अरब सो ही हेजिटेटेड फ्यू डेज पास दवे and all of a sudden this ayat came and allah promised him don't get worried don't fear i will protect you and he stood up this khutba is also worth reading he says in 23 years of my nabuwat i have told you to make ibadat prayer zakat hajj roza all these things he repeated and people said yes 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 <clears throat> now i may accept the invitation that means if malkul maut the angel of death comes i will accept his invitation it was a prediction of his nearly death which will be not very far some people understood and they cried of those people who love me and consider me their master i tell you ali is also their master and this is famous utterance of muhammad is also reported in sunni historian history man kuntu maulahu fahaza ali maulahu those not all of you he knew it there are more enemy enemies of ali than non enemies than friends than the admirers he knew it those who love me those who those who believe me as their master take me accept yes madam i have been requested to repeat certain things from part 5 and 6 and uh, to some extent it will also cover the remaining two things our fifth part as i explained concerning the trust that god has <coughs> put in us i would <coughs> elaborate in a way 
Another says in Quran, I offered my trust to mountains. They refused. I offered my trust to water, air. So he has explained about <coughs> that his trust was offered to certain natural forces. Allah says, no, no one was able to accept that responsibility. And I offered that trust to man and he immediately hastily accepted it. <laughs> Many times in Quran Allah has mentioned man, a hasty creature. And actually we are hasty people. We grab it without thinking. It's the leadership. Trust of God. The trust of God is to manage all the creation. And He has given us the ability to do that. Look at an aeroplane, 747, taking 400 passengers, their luggage, and 50,000 liters of gas, plus the weight of the craft, almost 70 to 80 tons flying eight miles up at the speed of 600 miles an hour. It's a conquering of the airspace, man, human mind. A steamer like Queen Elizabeth, that steamer, 250,000 tons, large steamer lying in large oceans, Pacific, Atlantic. A man has made it. Engines. And now, look at the things that internet has come up. All this technology, it is from human brain. And human brain made by God. <coughs> Now we are trying to land in Mars. Moon is already done. Moon will be actually a step. From here we will go to Moon and from Moon we will just go further. It's not very far. Within the next ten years, man will land in Mars. In all these spaces, in natural forces which have come under the control of man. Now, Allah says, O Mu'mineen, O believers, La Sahunullah wa Rasul, do not be dishonest in dealing with Allah and the Prophet. What But you do. And you know it. 
this trust that God has given us, ability to conquer natural forces, man has become proud, egoistic. He thinks, I am the master of the universe. Malala Hazarima once came to Dalasanam and he said, many scientists they think that they are what they are. But they don't remember that whatever has come from their brain, who has made that brain? Allah has made it. But man has forgotten God. <coughs> Civilization is turning sour. This century 2000 is a dangerous century. Dangerous in the manner. Man is just not walking but running in developing his abilities. And this civilization within the next 50 to 100 years, it will be the civilization history and mankind has never experienced in the past. There will be so many other things will come. Our peers have given indications in Ginaz of these things which are coming. I tell you, there is not impossibility. There is possibility that man will clone man. If you are reading news magazine, and uh, also studying the situation of the world. <clears throat> you come across, you know that a scientist in London has created, rather given a fantastic phenomenon of science. And uh, he brought out from cloning a sheep named Dolly. You remember that? Some other animals are also coming. And one day, it won't be any amazing thing, not a surprise, that man will clone a man. And then, you know, many years ago in Chicago, I was speaking about uh, the subject of Dait Kalinga and Aswari. That was back in 1982. And there I said, by next century, there will be 20 billion humans on earth. We are now 6 billion. But I said, 20 billion. And uh, it is, I derived from Kinans. <clears throat> it is not written that 20 billion are there. But the calculation that I found, it is there. Twenty billion human beings on earth, then Peel says, there will be shortage of water, fresh water. It is already being fed. There will be shortage of food, it is already being done. There will be shortage of peace, it is already there. So many things will happen. 
the trust that God has given to man, mankind, is misused, and then he will punish. He will destroy the whole situation that has cre created by the scientists who do not believe in God. But in this particular ayah, he addresses not to mankind. He is addressing to the believers. Ya ayyuhalladzina amunu. O believers, do not be dishonest in the trust that you have made promise with Allah and Rasul. But you do. And you know it. As I told you, we believers, considering the Muslims, Ummah, generally, but we Ismailis are particularly because we believe in Hazrat Imam, the Noor of God. It's a part of our faith, rather foundation of our faith. The promise that we have made with Hazrat Imam at the time of Bayat, we have forgotten. Yesterday I spoke about the Bayat. <coughs> if we have promised anything for, an, for a person who is honest, sincere, truthfulness is his policy, then he must do yes. that at any cost, the cost of my life, tan man dhan, the cost of my wealth, or cost of my own ideology, I will obey you, Ya Mawla. And this is the trust, trust of the faith. Ismaili must fulfill Hazrat Imam's promise. And it is his promise also that he will help us. If he tells us, Abu Ali, I'm just giving you an example. You go to Jamaat Khana every day. I say, okay, Amuna, I will go to every day. And then I must fulfill this promise. When he tells the Jamaat, I remember the day in Nairobi, Hazrat Imam came. He made for me. He sat down. He was very happy, in a jolly good mood, looking here and there and making eye contact with everyone. So, Mukhi, you want to say anything? He said, yes, Kudavan, may I tell you one thing? Hazir Imam became like this. He turned a little bit. Yes, Mukhi? Kudavan, I give you good news. The attendance of Yamatkana has improved much. Oh, he became so happy, immediately he stood, grabbed the microphone. My Mukhi tells me that the attendance of Jamaat Khanna is very good. It has given me immense happiness. I'm very happy. I'm very happy. When you come to Jamaat Khanna, I'm so happy. Nothing makes me happier than that. When I hear you come to Shabbat But when I, then his, his face drooped a little bit. But when I hear, you don't come to Shabbat it hurts me so much. No other thing hurts me as much. Look at our promise of Bayat. 
we have promised him, you are my imam and I will obey you. So where is your obedience? You are just uh, talking with your friends or you are at some other, uh, other party or some other things that you are doing but don't come to Jamatkana. Isn't that dishonesty of the trust? First, number one, we have broken our promise. And instead of making him happy, we are making him unhappy and hurting him. And smiley hurting his imam. And he says that when you don't come to Jamatrana, it hurts me. Now it is up to us to hurt him or to make him please. What a simple thing. Only to come to Jamatkhana makes him happy. And we can't make him happy only with that thing. <coughs> it doesn't cost anything. He has also given an exemption to those people who are studying in the university and at that time they are having the class. Okay, they are exempted. Or a person who is in coma, he is exempted. Or in such a bad situation of the sickness or disease, he cannot walk, he cannot come, okay, he is exempted. But a healthy person sitting in restaurants making a gappa and doesn't come to Jamatkhana, well, he is hurting, he is not exempted. It's the simplest thing, but there are more other things too. Why we need religion? We need religion to improve our next life. We need religion to make this life happier, better. We need religion to come nearer to God who has created us. And if these are the needs and necessities and essentialities, then we must also think sincerely and seriously, what am I doing? Is my daily routine okay? Sit down once in a corner. Sultan Mahmoud has said, sit down and think about your life. Since morning, what have you done? How many times you have spoken lies? How many times you have cheated people? How many times you have abused someone? All these qualities that you are doing or you have done, are these things okay? Compatible with your religion? Your conscience will tell you yes or no. Change. Change your routine. <clears throat> Every religion on earth has emphatically, repeatedly reminded us about our death. Everyone has to die. No one knows when he will die, how he will die, where he will die, in what condition he will die. No one knows. But we have to die. And another thing is, not necessarily that one has to become old 90 or 100 years and then he will die. Not at all. A 40 years man dies, a 20 years man dies, a 10 years old child dies. Even babies die. Even sometimes 
at the time of birth the baby comes out, he is dead already, died in the womb. That is inevitable. And no one can escape. So if we have to die, and we are going to die, is that the end of life? No. It is not the end of life. It is only the change of life. <coughs> From one life to be changed to another life. Now, this change is good or bad? Will it be comfortable change? Or will be troublesome change? Will I be honored? Or will I be drowned? We have to die and we must think about our after death. Long ago, about 1888 or 1889, I made two series, three or three and a half hours, in the airport Jamaskana after Otto. Life after death, two hours, and then second was uh, the process of death, one and a half hours. If you can grab these two cassettes from someone, listen. And some people have listened it more than ten times, and they have changed. We have to die and give the account of our this present life, good or bad, whether we like it, whether we don't. But we have to die and give the accountability. Then, after that, what will happen? It all depends upon what we have done in this life. Many people in, that, in, in, in Africa, generally, when African nations became independent and the African leaders, he made some troubles for the non-Africans. And that time, <coughs> Seriously, thinker, Ismailis and non-Ismailis, I mean Asians mostly, they thought if this thing, this thing is going on, one day we might have to leave this country. So they went to London or somewhere and started opening accounts and sending money from Africa to London in their accounts. And when they were kicked like in Uganda, the easy of being treated, the Asians, when they came to London, they had already a lot of money there. They had no money. But those people who had no accounts there, they were destitute. It is exactly the same thing. We have to die. Are we going to send some spiritual do dollars there? Our virtues, our neki, our ibadah, our honesty, our philanthropy, our charity, our good thing, our service to humanity, all these good things that God has told us through a prophet and imam, and our tariqa, our faith tells us, are we going to do that? If we have done it, we have nobody. Our money is there. It is there. But those people who are going empty-handed, they will have to beg on the street. So this is the trust. 
trust of faith, promise of promise to God of faithfulness. Very important. We must be careful about it. And go for the harmans of Abhazar Imam or Sultan Muhammad Shah or our Dinans. I give you in a nutshell. That nutshell is Peer says, give up five things and follow four things. Make friendship with four things. Now, Peer says five things. It's a very, very nice nutshell, brief essence of our faith. So, Peer says, Panchne Varo. Varo means give up. Ane Charne Paro. Paro means adopt. Now, Panch is Kam, Krod, Lob, Moh, Mad. Kam is sex, promiscuity, sex out of marriage is forbidden in Islam. And this area in North America is dragging people on this sin. It's a sinful thing. Krod, anger. A normal dislike is a different thing. Anger. You become so angry, you break things, or you hit someone, or you kill someone. It is haram. Love. Love means greed. God has given you enough to live. Then you again doing bad things from bad practices, from fraud and other happiness that you find in frauding and Laundering money is a bad thing. Love, greed is not good. More temptation. Man is eating, his tummy is full, but the food is so tasty that he starts and keeps on eating and eating and eating and then he sleeps in the hospital. So this temptation, and temptation of many things, it's a simple example I have given you. Many things in And fifth thing is mud. Mud means pride, ego, rudeness. Mud. Calm, crowd, love, more mud. He says, give up these things. And now make friendship with four things. Sat. Sat means truthfulness. Saburi, patience. Kamiya, tolerance. Daya, kindness, gentleness. What are beautiful things that peace have told us? Sat, saburi, kamiya, daya. Iman comes in sat. Sat means truthfulness. God himself is truth. Religion is truth. And from truth you get happiness, satisfaction, contentment. Kam krod log mohamad, evil things, sat saburi kamyadaya. If we follow these things, we are happier. We are nearer to God. So Allah says, O believers, do not be dishonest to God and Prophet, but you do, and you know it. Then we pray, Allahumma. 
Forgiveness. Zunubana, our sins. Barzukna, give us barakat. Enhance our rizq. Sustain us. be merciful on us. Fasahil umurna, make our matters easy. You are very deep. You are above all control. You are the controller of everything. Everything is under your control. And you are able to do that. This is our fifth part. And it is really very, very important to understand. Like our fourth part, which I spoke to you. Now in sixth part again I come. The belief in God. There is one God. Alone. No one is like Him. No one is equal to Him. He is alone. And He has no physical side, no physical body. He doesn't get birth, and he doesn't give birth to anyone. Now this is the time when Prophet Muhammad started his ministry. At that time, and even now, Christians they believe Jesus as the Son of God. Son-Father relationship is a human relationship, and God is not human. It is above all. There is no son. But he was Abda. Abda means a banda, slave, servant of God. Jesus is servant of God, not son of God. And for that reason, here in this Surah Al-Ikhlas, Allah says, God has no son. No one has given birth to him and he doesn't give him birth. Because the physical side is not attached to God. Is no light. And we cannot see it, but we feel it. And he is working everywhere. Like electricity, electric current is not seen. But because fan is running, giving us breeze, we say there is electricity. Light is there, there is electricity. Heating is there, there is electricity. We can see the Phenomena that electricity brings, but we cannot see the current electricity itself. God is light, pure light. But you can have the feeling of that light, you can feel it in your mind, particularly when you sit for Bandagi and connect yourself to the line of understanding God. Understanding God starts with understanding yourself. Muttarali says, you want to understand God, you understand yourself. If you understand yourself, you have understood God. Now understand yourself, see the weakness, the drawbacks that we have. We are nothing, so powerless. A dog is smaller, much smaller than human. But man cannot 
fight with the dog. A ten-inch snake will kill man. Man has no power. But because of his brain, he is very powerful. An elephant, one and a half, two tons, sometimes three tons, such a huge animal, a ten years old boy is sitting on his head and with his legs he is giving him the guidance. And that elephant put his head down, follow his command of ten years old boy, because there is a there with the boy, which elephant hasn't got. A lion, <coughs> a tiger, anything. God has given man the brain power, intellect, intelligence. For that reason God has given this trust to man, to look after the nature. But God tells us, you have not done your promise in a way that you have to be. I tell you, take an example of environment. For the past two months, we have encountered expensive gas. You are lucky here in Alberta. You are 10 cents lower than what we pay in Vancouver. But look at the things. Why this thing has come? Because production dropped, prices went up. There is an indication that within 25 to 30 years, all the deposits of gas in earth, all the, in Saudi Arabia or in other countries, in Alberta, in Venezuela, in Indonesia, wherever that we are getting oil in 30 days, 30 years, all these deposits will be tried. There won't be a gallon of gas. What will be at that time? Scientists are worried right from now and they are inventing electric cars or cars running on ballard, on steam or water, this or that. But what we have done? Through this emission from our cars, for our pleasure, we have polluted this environment. And uh, if we see up, there is a hole. There is a big hole. The protective layer that God has protected, created for the protection of human beings and other life. Ozone layer is punctured at many places and heat has increased of this world. Temperatures are rising. The common temperature now, <coughs> suppose in Edmonton during July, August, maybe about 25 to 30. After 50 years, it will be 40 to 50. After another 70, 80 years, earth will be very hot. Cold places will become hot, and hot places will become open. Life will reduce. Many species will die. Even humans will die. Yet they will increase. 
By end of this century, there will be havoc. It will be difficult to live on this earth peacefully. Conditions will be very bad. We cannot envisage now. <coughs> it is all done by man. For his own sake, for his comfort's sake, he is just making holes in nature and destroying the other species. Birds and animals will die. God will become furious and he will destroy the present civilization. Man will go back to thousand years life living under the trees or in small huts. There won't be a car, there won't be a airplane, there won't be trains, there won't be refrigerators, there won't be electricity and simply, simply you live there in the light of sun and the moon. That thing will happen. But at that time man will be happier what he is now. This is the trust. But then in sixth part that what I said, God is alone and he is the only master. This belief will bring us near to him, will make us understand our mistakes and will make us happier and relinquish. He will, sorry, he will make us to relinquish our bad habits and sins and then only spiritually we will come up. This is the message of the sixth part. Belief in God, one God. Believe he is the Noor and he is everywhere. He looks after us. Dua. Philosophically, if we say, when we say Dua, we are talking to God. There is a conversation between man and God. He remembers him and wherever there is a question, he gives the answer to the sayer. The person who is saying his prayer, he gets the answer there. Simultaneously he is making questions and he is getting the answer from him, from inside. The whole complete dua I have spoken to you. If you sit and start and end and every time when you prostrate, make such dua, you must remember that you are making this prostration to God, to Noor, and He is present, He is listening to you. And the philosophy, as I told you, is that you are conversing with Him. You are talking to Him. He is also answering. In the beginning you might not hear His voice or message. But if you practice daily, sincerely, concentratingly, you will also hear His voice. Why we take the names of our Imams? Allahumma, salli ala Muhammad. And then we remember Panchan Park, Bibi Fatima, Hassan Hussain, Mawla Ali, Imam Zedulabadin, and all of our Imams. Why we take their names? Because they are our saviors right from the beginning. Muhammad did not die just as we change our dress. Muhammad changed his dress. His body died, but Muhammad still lives. Hassan Hussein Imams, they don't die. 
Imam never dies. Only the bodies are changed. So, if you are saying, Hak Maulana, Bahak Maulana Shahani, so, if you really sincerely think, one day you might see Ali in your dua. You get the didar. You have never seen him, but it might come a picture in your vision. Ah, this is Ali. Sometimes you might see Imam Hakim, sometimes you see Imam Razio Dumdola, sometimes you might see Imam Muslim Sirbilla. When we say their names, they get that message, they get the, our calling. They were there. The Noor is there in Hazrat Imam. But physical bodies also died, but the astral bodies still remain as astral bodies are alive, like pictures. My grandfather died 70 years ago, but when I see his picture, he is laughing there. Like that, these Imams, if you concentrate sincerely, seriously, one day you might see the Didar of these deities. And we get the blessings of all these Imams. And they recommend us. And they pray for us friendly so that we are given forgiven. This forgiveness through them. This is a kind of intercession. In the names of all these Imams, in the name of the Prophet, in the name of Pantai Park, O Mawla, please forgive us, bless us. And for the sake of them, he accepts it. Dua, another thing is, regular and punctual Dua will make us disciplined persons. It becomes a kind of organized life. Daily dua is very essential. And try to be punctual at dua's time. And the dua's time, as I told you, wherever you are there, the Jamaat has announced the dua time, that is the dua time. And at that time, between 5 and 5.30 in the morning is dua's time, and between 7 and 7.30 in the evening is the dua's time. And the second prayer you can say up to 12 o'clock, up to midnight. It is in Quran also, it is in Hadith, it is also in Farman of Hazrat Imam. The second prayer, the, it is up to midnight. But first prayer with Jamaat and second prayer with Jamaat that we do. It's very important. There is another philosophy. Suppose there are 100 Mu'mineen in Jamaat <clears throat> And 100 Mu'mans are in Jamaat Khana praying. Among 100, every soul is not equal. Someone may be higher than the other 99. He knows it. When that person is there, he might be a child even. Even a small baby sleeping in the lap of his mother, and mother is saying the prayer, but the baby is sleeping. Who knows that baby has the soul which is higher than everyone else, but that baby is there. 
for that sake. He accepts the prayer of all other people. He might be a baby, he might be a woman, he might be a man, he might be an old man. But out of this 100, there is a person who is higher than 99 people. He is also praying. And when he is praying, because of his sake, Mother Nahadwar Imam, he accepts the prayer of all other 99 too, who are not engrossed in dua, but walking outside, sitting here. Their intention is not there. Yet their dua is kabul because of that particular higher soul. Therefore it is so necessary to pray in congregation. Prophet Muhammad also, he stressed this point very much. With congregation, if you pray, your prayer has 27 times more value than you pray alone. It is a hadith of Rasulullah. And if we are praying in congregation, that we get the salab because of someone who is higher than me. It's so necessary. And then again, Nabi says, Allahu ma'ud jamaat. God is with the jamaat. God, God is everywhere. If I pray alone, God is also there. But here God's mercy is more because of the jamaat. And jamaat is the body, physical body of Hazar Imam. Imam Sultan Musa says whenever there is any trouble in Jamaat, we get hurt physically. Because Jamaat is our physical body, from Nuri point of view, not physical point of view. So Jamaat is Jamaat. And Jamaat's prayer is accepted by God. Because there are many higher people there. The more Jamaat is there, the more benefit you get. And another thing I want to say, there is a, a very bad practice in our Jamaat throughout in Africa, even here. In Pakistan, it is a little bit better. When we come to Jamaat Khana, we have decided our own place. Bukhikamaria is 10 miles away, and we sit here. There is no man to whom you can give you Punjab. One is here, one is there, one is there. They are scattered in Jamaat Khana. It's not a good thing. While time of prayer, all should come together nearer the Mukhikamaria's place. And after that you want to go away? Okay, go away. But during Jamaat, saying the prayer, all should come nearer to the part of Mukhikamaria. They are the leaders of the Jamaat representing Hazrat Imam as Mukhi and Kamariya. Come close to each other. And close to each other is also affecting from the uh, influence and radiation time. Every person <coughs> is radiating heat waves or his thought waves or electromagnetic waves. Each and every one. There is a heat coming out of our body. Our thoughts also coming out. Then in our body there is electricity 22 and a half volt normally. These electromagnetic waves are also coming out of us. If we are scared, separate, away from each other, 
and scared to come near, then we don't get the benefit of the jamaat and congregation that we are told by the Prophet and our Imams and Allah. We should come to near each other. And then, after that, you want to go a little bit away, okay, you can go. We must not be scattered during the Jewish time. It is so essential in nicely. If you go sometime to mosque, even people sitting anywhere, but at the time of prayer, all will run and come and come close to each other so much that the shoulder to shoulder they are touching each other and standing in a row. That is the beauty of the congregation prayer. Dua, philosophically, is as I told you, conversing with God, the Creator. And after Dua, you can pray, Yamuna, this is my difficulty, please help me. And He will help you. After Dua, you can demand world or spirit or spiritual things. You will get it, inshallah. So you know, our Dua has so much to learn.